Hey there, welcome to How I Got Hired, a podcast to inspire job seekers to find their dream jobs or reinvent their careers. I'm your host, Sonal Behel, founder of Supercharge and career strategist. And I hold a conversation every single week with a new guest who's had extraordinary career success. I hope you enjoy the show today. Kick back, get your favorite warm beverage, and let's get started. Today, we are going to be speaking with Amy Blaschka. Amy has made a career out of something called stories as a service. And we're going to talk about what this means because she's had a very interesting career so far, actually over three decades. You know, when it comes to uh, branding, uh, people, places and products. And also now she's kind of a big time writer and <laughs> we're going to talk about that as well and Amy's always understood the power of weaving an engaging tale and she's contributed for a very long time to Forbes I love reading her articles there's always I kind of need to read twice because there's always a you know a sort of appealing the onion type of process so uh, without further ado Amy big thank you for your time today and welcome to the show thanks for having me Sanal it's great Amazing. to be here Awesome. Great. So, Amy, let's talk about the term ghostwriter, right? Yes. <laughs> it's got this mysterious, almost uh, <laughs> um, Halloween type of air around it. <laughs> right. And so you've had your own share of, you know, writing and editing in companies for a while. So I'd like us to take you back to your days at corporate, right? Because now you have your own place, you know, you have your own firm and it's been a while. But mm -hmm. at the beginning, uh, when you were on the agency side of things for mm -hmm. nearly two decades, you know, look back on that time, Amy, for us and, and tell us which job do you feel really lucky to have had? And, you know, we'd love to know how did you land that job? Okay, so I would say one of my favorite jobs was um, as a branding consultant for Landor. Landor mm -hmm. Associates at the time later shortens its name to Landor, mm -hmm. uh, which is a branding consultancy, a worldwide branding consultancy. And I happened to work as a branding consultant, though it sounds like it's a, you know, a contractor job. It was actually a full-time job. That's what we called ourselves, branding consultants, mm -hmm. um, in its San Francisco-based headquarters. Now, the path to get there mm -hmm as is most of my career, has been non-linear, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't just like, oh, well, I studied design and then I became someone who worked at a design firm and, you know, this and that. Um, I So, well before that, uh, I thought I would be a filmmaker. So, I studied actually film in college and got my degree in media. Um, my minor was in communications because I always loved to write. I always loved this idea of bringing a story to life. I knew at a very early age, I liked being the middle of it all. I'm a, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm a middle child. I have two <laughs> sisters. And, you know, as my dad would say, I'm, I'm sort of the glue of the family. And I mm -hmm. think, you know, I was able to, oh, I'm, still, I have this ability to, to mix and mingle and be among people, disparate people, you know, people that I have nothing in common with necessarily, but I'd always find a way. It always, it, it's this weird thing. I can be with a group of people and I'll just, well, we're more alike than different. And I'll find whatever that is, a way to connect and communicate with people very naturally. So being in that role um, and wanting to not only create a story, but bring it to life to share with others, I thought, well, gosh, filmmaking, <laughs> of course, yeah, that's yeah. a way to do that and have yeah. you know a positive impact. Now, here's the reality of this. 
And while that was a worthwhile endeavor, and I still believe in it, coming out of university, it was very difficult to get a job. Like, boom, you're a filmmaker, right? So I was like, ooh, the uh, real, okay. The real world? <laughs> yes, the real yeah. world. So, yeah. you know, it was in, and funny. I was like, okay, so if I can't do that, <laughs> what, what's close? What's a creative field? What could I do? And I, that's when I sort of entered my, what I call like, uh, agency land journey mm-hmm. where I first started in advertising, mm-hmm. marketing, did a little PR. And, you know, the idea was that, okay, well, if I can't, you know, be the creative, I'll be creative adjacent, you know, I'll be among all these people. And what happened naturally, now the, the way I landed at Landor was at the time um, I had been working in advertising in San Francisco also, Young and Rubicam Advertising, mm-hmm. and um, on the account side. So the, pe- the person that deals with the people, right, mm-hmm. with the clients. Mm-hmm. And we had a, a joint, we were a sister company called Landor was having a sort of the joint um, Halloween party, right? So it was like, okay, we were did invited you, did, over to- Did you say Halloween party? I did. Yes. Oh. So we were, you know, they said, oh, you know, you're kind of a sister company. Come on over. We're having a costume party, whatever, hmm. it, you know, something to celebrate. And so everyone, we headed over there. It's the other side of town. But Do you, do you remember? Do you remember mm-hmm. what you were wearing? Um, yeah, I went as a brunette <laughs> because I had a bunch of client meetings earlier in that day. I'm like, I can't dress up like a crazy person. So I had like a brunette wig, right? Okay, and okay. apparently it was very convincing because people are like, you're not dressed up. I'm like, well, I, I'm, yeah, I'm a brunette today or whatever. Sure. And they're like, no, you're not. And they did that reveal where you pull the wig back. They're like, oh my God. So I mean, silly. I Normally I would have dressed up and done you know, a group thing and whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, so we, and it was literally like right after, like, okay, at five o'clock, I mm-hmm. think everyone's going to mm-hmm. walk over and go to this, you know, whatever. So we went in there and I was like, wait, what do you do? Branding, what is that? And my eyes opened and it was mm-hmm. just like, oh my God, this is what I was meant to do. I get this. Every touch point, visual and verbal touch point that tells a story and really conveys, oh my God. So, it was, you know, I'd heard about that and went, okay, this sounds great. And they had an opening and I ended up getting it and working there. And again, it was on, you know, the, the, the what they would call account side, you know, and, and strategy. And it was a branding consultant. And so, yeah, I, that's what kind of opened my eyes to the world of branding. And at the time, what I was doing there was applying branding principles to, um, we called it, brand identity um, that mm-hmm. was more with products. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it could be General Mills, it could be, you know, a beer, Coors. It was, yeah. at one point I was working on SeaWorld and Amusement Park, which was yeah. more of a corporate identity. Yeah. Um, Taco Bell, like just- yeah. And, and Pepsi, then, yeah, totally. Yes, yes. I, I and, get then, that. and Coke was actually a client. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> doing all these things. So it was, it was fascinating with the, the packaging and then, um, but applying those same principles much later- um, to people and okay. they all still apply. So that's, I ended up there, like I said, very nonlinear. Um, and even after that, I had a couple of twists and turns, but I loved that. And it really opened my eyes to the, to the world of branding on a very global perspective, both figuratively and um, literally, mm-hmm. and, and how that sort of could shape your existence, how your, the perception, your positioning, all of those things kind of factored in. So it was okay. like the perfect storm. I, I love it. I, I want to pause here and, and, and say this out loud. When you went in there, and, and we've all been there, 
when you had that kid in a candy store moment yeah. <laughs> your yeah. your your jaw dropped and you're like oh this is nice oh this is nice and then mm-hmm. you kind of raised your hand and i want that you know so something yeah. came up you applied which is yeah. which is which is great because you know you were at you were literally when you were at young and Ru- you young and ruby camp you were younger yes <laughs> so, i so was so it was like oh you know i'm not sure i'm going to get in but you're like you know what it doesn't hurt i'm going to go in and i'm going to ask for the job and and so that's what you did um mm-hmm. so there was an in right it was a sister company so so that helped you to to sort of have your foot in the door and and is there anything specific you remember because uh, it was a while ago but you know anything specific you remember about the hiring process uh was it comfortable was it sort of uh, strange or you know something comes to mind it wasn't it wasn't strange at all mm-hmm. i mean of course mm-hmm. i was nervous right because mm-hmm. I, as I really wanted it. Yeah, and I you know, and, and and you know, this is all audio, but you know me to be a very yeah. expressive person. Yeah. And when you care, right? Amy, when I you do. care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I you know, I was I was myself, but I also expressed genuinely my desire mm. for this position. And you know, I think what's so important when you're going for something that you want, I mean, I think that shines through. I think the interviewer can tell if someone's just going mm. through the motions mm. versus having a genuine, authentic, like, you know, really, I want this. And, you know, I've been on the other side where I've hired people and have interviewed people. And I will tell you, it sounds like a very simple, basic thing, but simply reiterating that you want this job mm means a lot and that you and, and and tell them why you want this job and tell them why you, you you should have this job what you know it's simple things like make it easy for someone to hire you yeah you know I, I mean it's it making things easy because likely you know the, I know when I was the person as a CEO later and we talk about this you know after Landor after all yeah. the branding yeah. and hiring people I mean I have a million other things going on right yeah. and I'm just like yeah. oh my gosh so anyone that can make the process easier for me as, yeah. I mean it sounds weird but for the person who is hiring my god make it make it make yourself it's yeah. so easy they they won't ignore you they'll be like oh my gosh well this Amy wow okay yeah yeah she made you it know, easy she you know helped me understand why you're the perfect person and and that's the power of the job seeker I know so often when we're looking for something we can feel disheartened or or we give up our power that we think it's all one-sided, but that's not the case. You know, you, if you really look at it from a different perspective, say, well, gosh, you know, I can help this company. Yeah, I yeah, have the yeah. skill set. I've in, And even if you don't have years of experience, because at that point, I didn't have tons of experience. I was still yeah. young, but there was definitely an enthusiasm. Yeah. There was a desire. I had done my research. I had taught, you know, this is why, this is how I can help. And this is what I bring. And, you know, I mean, all things considered, it, no, I wasn't going for a super senior role at that point. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think so much of hiring, too, is is how you're going to show up and your yeah. attitude and your mindset, right? Yeah. Um, because when I was hiring, I always hired for attitude because I knew I could train someone on skills. There's a certain baseline, of course. Um, but, you know, if they showed me that they were willing to learn, that they were open to that, that they wanted to, I like, okay. I can yeah. train somebody on that. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. I love that because you're reminding me of um, Jerry Maguire. Help <laughs> me, help me, help you. Yes. <laughs> so exactly. it's like, show me you're the right person. Hold my hand. I, you know, if you're good, I'm going to see it. But if you don't help me and if I have to hunt for it, I'm distracted. Mm-hmm. I'm a CEO. I've got a hundred things going on. So that's one thing that you said that that stood out for me. And, and the second yeah. thing you're saying is, if you're hungry, 
then show it. Yeah. Show that motivation. And sometimes your hunger and motivation can supersede uh, years of experience. It's more important than, you know, um, yeah, you said, uh, okay, you know, you weren't looking at the most senior job, but maybe that job would have typically on paper gone to someone with a little bit more experience yeah. or more skills, but you, yeah. you got it because you were, um, you made up for the years of experience with your hunger, your attitude, etc. So fabulous. Yeah. And here's the other thing. When you show up to an interview like that, even if you don't get the job or they're like, gosh, I really need someone with what X number years of experience or something else, but they like you and they're like, mm. I really, you know, I, I've had people I've interviewed where I haven't hired them, but then I recommend them to somebody else mm. who I know because they're like, like I, this person's great. You know what? And, and this is what they're looking for. And, and, and I just, I don't think it's ever going to be, it will be time well spent. Yeah. To do that and to show up that way because people remember. And again, like if you make that great impression on someone, even if they can't or don't end up yeah. hiring you because I don't yeah. know, there's internal politics, there's a million yeah. other reasons, right? Yeah. yeah. But, and, and here's the other thing, and you know, I'm, I hope people do this, but I always, always, always followed up with a thank you note. And I know, um, and listen, Amy, I, it's less than 5%. It's shocking. I've read some stats somewhere. It's shocking to me that it's less than 5%. I think. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah, so yeah. here's, this is the thing. Knowing that then, why wouldn't you yeah. take that moment to do that, to stand out and to, it's one thing to have a great impression in the moment during your interview, yeah, but yeah. and even, and especially if you don't get, like send them a thank you note. Yeah. And I will tell you now I'm old school in this way because I still, of course I'm on social media. I do all the emails and everything, but someone taking the time to hand write hmm. a thank you note. Mm -hmm. Yes. It takes longer to put it in the mail, but it is tangible and it sits on their desk I know the people that did that, you know, I just, I still like, it means a lot mm. and it helps you differentiate you from a branding perspective to bring it all back. Hey, why wouldn't you do that? Mm. Because at the very least, even if you don't get that job, you have less left an indelible positive impression upon that person who is there for the moment in that role, in that job, but they move, they remember you, you stay in touch, you connect with them on LinkedIn, you make sure that, you know, you form a relationship regardless of the outcome of that interview because you never know. People yeah. move around all the time. So, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. I love that. And coming from a branding person, this is really mm -hmm. good advice um, when mm -hmm. it comes to our personal brand. Okay, number one, invest in making a great impression. Mm -hmm. Number two, Play the long game. This is mm -hmm. not a one-time meeting. You know, you never know what happens in the future. And a follow-up is a part of that process because you're starting this relationship. So, mm -hmm. so really, really good. Awesome. So, yes. um, you know, you touched upon it a little bit, Amy. You said twists and turns. I, I want to get, get there because I'm curious about that. But I also want to know because you, you, you said you've been on the other side and you've done quite you know, quite some hiring as well um, mm -hmm. in your career. Other than uh, what you already mentioned, right? Attitude over aptitude. Obviously, there is a baseline. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, some things you can teach, some things you can't. Uh, what else is it that you look for that helps people to stand out? Well, you know, when I was hiring people, so I, when I left the world of branding and mm -hmm. I took a, like 16 months off. I, I had um, our oldest daughter. And mm -hmm. um, and then when it was time to go back to work, I interviewed. I was like, oh gosh, I, I haven't interviewed forever. I should start mm -hmm. looking around. I ended up 
taking a CEO spot at a, a nonprofit, a destination marketing organization, which is all about um, telling the story of a destination marketing and destination, but it was a nonprofit, it's a different world, CEO, mm-hmm. having a small mm-hmm. team and running this and doing all the things. But I will tell you, um, as a leader, what I was most looking for, I was looking for people who were confident, not cocky, smart about their area of expertise, mm. who were willing to step up and help, especially when you have a small team. You know, and this is the case in startups sometimes where it's like there's a lot to do or, you know, companies have scaled back and then people are asked to do more, even if it's not their area of expertise. But, you know, what I always liked, I, I tried to resist hiring people that were simply yes people. Mm-hmm. I wanted people to have a backbone. I and, I'm, and this is the thing. And now it depends on the leader, but I was always of the mindset that I want to hire the smartest and best and most talented people in the area of expertise and that would complement me, complement with an E, mm-hmm. be different and su- you mm-hmm. know, supplement my knowledge and my wisdom because I could only look better mm-hmm. because I would have informed smart people and then trust mm-hmm. them to do their jobs, right? So, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I didn't need another me. Um, I didn't look, wasn't looking for someone to suck up to me, but I wanted someone who could help solve a problem, mm-hmm. help make the organization better, mm-hmm. you know, and could explain to me why, you know, either demonstrate through their experience or tell me why, you know, as, as we're talking about how they could help, it, you know, especially in a small company, little things come up mm-hmm. and, and this is going to come back to attitude, but, you know, there are certain people will take something and be like, that's not my job. Right. Mm. Those are not my people. <laughs> Those mm. are for my people. I would always have the people who would, you know, I would encourage them to be free thinkers, critical thinkers, to challenge me if I said, well, I want to do this. And well, why? Or have another idea to come up with solutions. So I think, you know, having a point of view. Yeah. Um, don't be really afraid important. of it. Yeah. Don't be afraid mm-hmm. to have a point of view. I love that. Was this Amy when you were at uh, Visit Tri Valley? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I I would highly urge uh, our, our our dear listeners today, um, when you're done with this podcast, I highly urge you to to look at um, Amy's LinkedIn profile because I love when you talked about this job and you're writing. What does being a tourism leader have to do with being a ghostwriter or thinking partner? Plenty. Stay with me. <laughs> you know. So this right. is a great way. To, you know, because we have, uh, just like you said, we, a lot of us have non-linear careers. I think they're more interesting. There's more color. Oh, yeah. There's more texture mm-hmm. in there. But, you know, if somebody needs you to explain something, there is a way to tell a story and to weave it in your journey. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's what Amy teaches. And we're going to talk about how, you know, people can reach out to you. But this is a great way to talk about a job that you did, which is a little bit different, nonprofit, to mm-hmm. leisure, marketing, etc. So love that. Um, uh, so that's Amy as the CEO. And yes. now let's talk about Amy as the founder. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2011, so something happened and you decided to make the shift from, you know, the the, the co- company and corporate side of things to ghostwriting. Mm-hmm. So how did it come about, Amy? So I was at, I was the CEO there for like, just just shy of 10 years. Like mm-hmm. it was like a month shy of 10 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, by the way, it was like the longest tenure of any job I've ever had. You know, it was, yeah. and it's, yeah. you know, it's not that there's anything wrong with that, but that is very atypical for someone like me that craves variety, wants to come in and make an impact. And, you know, I, I never wanted to ever be a lifer in a job because I didn't want it to be, I didn't want to be um, coasting, right? I didn't want to be stagnant. I was embrace new opportunities, mm. the ones that scared what, me because I was more interested stay? in growth. 
Sorry. What, what made, made me stay, stay honestly yeah. was the people that are in hospitality and um, in tourism and travel are very service oriented, mm-hmm. as you would expect from hospitality. Yes. Yes. And I will tell you, it was the people. I, you know, I didn't know, you know, we talk about servant leadership. We talk about serving mm-hmm. others mm-hmm. and, and I'm moving through the world. I, it, at the time, but that wasn't something that we were talking about. Was, but instinctively, I was like, oh my gosh, I really love these people. You know, they're all about helping others have a wonderful experience. So when I was there, um, when I took the job, it was October of 2000, October 17th of 2001, mm-hmm. which was, you know, a few weeks, mm-hmm. a little after, a month mm-hmm. over, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. after 9 11, which, not probably the best time to start a new job in tourism and travel. Mm. But like I said, you know, eh, I love a challenge. And the predecessor was ousted because she had embezzled money. So all these horrible things. And because we were at the time funded by these cities, the cities were ready to pull their funding and shut everything down. Mm. And so I come into this and I'm like, well, okay, I'm not her. And And as someone had come from the corporate world, I come into nonprofit and go, mm. well, wait a minute, where are the checks and balances? Why, why did this happen? There were no internal controls. There were no nothing. And so a lot of what I do- did in the beginning was riding the ship. And mm. it was also very much about me having meetings, going to council meetings, talking to people about, okay, here's what we're doing to make it better. And here's mm. why you need to trust us. And really, you can't just say, trust me. You have to demonstrate those yeah. things so people feel comfortable enough. And I was happily able to do that. We secured the funding. We didn't get shut down, all these things. So, Mm -hmm. but, but I think, you know, this idea of making something better, helping tell the story and, you know, it was great. We had year over year results. We in sales and marketing, all these good things. So when I left, it was in a very good spot, but, but honestly, I like Friday. I like doing things. And, you know, at a certain point too, as much as I love my team, as much as I loved everyone I was working with, uh, the industry, as a CEO, I was doing things. You can be incredibly gifted and do things you know, very well. But remember, I was a film major. I was a creative. I consider myself a creative. And I was mm-hmm. getting farther and farther and farther mm-hmm. away from what I'd call creative Amy. Mm-hmm. And so when I left, I'm like, all right, I want to do my own thing. And so the easiest thing was to transition from being the CEO of a, you know, they call it a DMO, a destination marketing organization, to Mm. consulting with like Mm. organizations. So at first I was doing, you know, things that were operationally driven, um, you know, for other entities, a few marketing things, helping them with it based on my experience, which was fine. But again, I felt like I was dying inside. I needed to get back to mm. who I really was. And mm. so after talking with a good friend um, a few times, and, and this is all leading up to LinkedIn, mm. wasn't what it is today where yeah. they just opened up the publishing platform to non-influencers, meaning mm. the people mm. that they didn't deem as the influencers. And I've been writing and writing and talking to a few people. And I, I'd always love writing. And a friend of mine said, well, Amy, you're a writer, you need to write. Mm. And you know, it sounds silly that you need that outside validation, but mm. honestly, it was, it came down to me believing in me to tell myself, I am a writer. Because once I started putting stuff out there, of course, and now it seems silly, right? Because this mm. is what I've done and what I do, and nobody would question that today. But I think we, we let fear get in the way of going mm. after what we really want. 
And now I know the highest and best use of my talents is doing exactly what I'm doing, helping others bring their stories to life, using their stories to communicate and connect better, all these things. You know, can I do a budget? Can I put together, you know, operationally driven infrastructure, blah, 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 all the things to run a business? Yes, of course, I can do that. But those aren't fulfilling to me and they yeah. made me very sad. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's, I had to make that leap, that jump. Yeah. And it's been the best decision. I only wish I had done it sooner. But you know oh, what? Yeah. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty, exactly. right? And it's, exactly. it is what it is. But I have all this other experience that led me to that, which... You know, even in a nonlinear career path, there's always a common thread. And I use all of that, that experience to, to bring me into today and mm-hmm. to the future and rely on that kind of for stories and sort of, you know, having things to go back to and to be able to talk to people like you about, yes, I've worked in corporate. Yes, I worked in nonprofit. Yes, I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. So I have, again, I'm in that, I have that perspective, just like I was as a middle child, as a kid, mm-hmm. I can speak to many different people because I've been in different environments and different roles. And I, I understand, you know, I can, I can see things from their perspective. So it all, it all relates. It all all relates and it it all worked out because it was sort of meant to be this way. It's very interesting, Mm. you know, it's sort of twisting and turning um, and we have the roller coasters, but at the same time, yeah, you know, you're saying, and I, I totally get that. I wish I had done this sooner, but somehow this is how it happened, 2011, and LinkedIn was just <laughs> starting to take off. Your love affair with LinkedIn uh, was was beginning, and 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 here we are today with with amyblashka.com. So so talk to me about your you know the early days, right? When you started mm-hmm. out, because fear yeah. is the fear is real. You know, you can be the most confident person in the world outside, but mm-hmm. when you're doing something by yourself, it's it's a it's a strange, it's a very strange yes. feeling. And so t- t- uh, talk to us about like you know how did you get hired mm-hmm. in those early days, particularly when you you know you weren't uh, as well known as you are today. Yeah. So, well, here's the thing. I mean, in order to get hired, you have to get noticed, right? And in order to get noticed, you have to, you have to make it, I say this a lot, you have to make it it easy easy. (laughs) for other people to hire you. And it sounds, well, yeah, duh. But I mean, making it easy for someone means Mm -hmm. you have clarity about who you are, what matters most, what you do, how you can help somebody. And then you Mm -hmm. communicate that in such a way that, People will read some, and of course, oh, okay, Amy's the one I need. Now, I will tell yeah. you, mm. having clarity and niching down and being very specific is helpful. But in the beginning, I was like, oh, crap, I, I need to do any anything and everything, right? You feel like, oh, my gosh, I can't turn away any possible client because I need to get paid. I need to make mm. a living, and especially mm. when you're first starting out. And, mm. and what's nerve-wracking even more so about, you know, trying to be a writer, which it would be any creative thing. When you're creative and you're putting, you're literally putting yourself out there, not just, oh, here's the service I do, or I'm like, a, like as a consultant, mm-hmm. you know, there was a level of objectivity, like, yes, I will help you from a business perspective, this, but as a creative, it's, you know, it's very, well, not that anything isn't personal, but it's personal because it's a little part of you. Mm-hmm. You're putting out writing. It's, it's open for critique, right? Like Eesh. anything, you know? So it, yeah. it was like, oh God, you know, it, it just, every time I published something, I was feeling like a little sick before I did it. Like, does anybody care? Yeah. Is, does this suck? Is this awful? Yeah. You know, does anybody, whatever, but much to my delight, it didn't suck. I mean, I, I will tell you this. I look back at some of my early writing. I'm like, my writing has 
definitely and drastically improved. Mm. But that, again, that's the long game. That's doing it, showing up consistently. And I think in the beginning, and this is true from the beginning, and it's true now years later, I get, I will say, 99% of my clients come from LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And it, with the ones that aren't uh, uh, another client referring a friend, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because, well, especially as a ghostwriter, I can't mm-hmm. share the work I've done with another client. I, that's the whole idea: is that no one should know that you're working with a social media ghostwriter. That you just, you just, you know, you're publishing content. It's one of those so, confidential things that you're going to take yes, to the grave. You're going to completely yes. take it to the so, grave. So, you know, and, and that's, I take that very seriously. It's a trust and it's a long-term mm-hmm. relationship I have with my clients. So, the thing is, if I can't share, oh, here's what I've done for client X, no. then I need to be able to demonstrate through my own writing what's yeah. possible. Yeah. So showing up consistently, writing about things that matter to me, that are in my wheelhouse and mm. doing it, you know, mm. visible enough that I'm not writing about everything and anything, you mm. know, that it, I, so this is clarity, consistency, and discipline are my trifecta. That works for anyone, if you focus on and, and you're clear, just first of all, be clear to yourself on what do you want, mm-hmm. right? Whatever it is. And don't discount it because you think someone told you that wasn't practical, which I've been told, I was told is, you know, is that really a marketable major and this and that. So, <laughs> you know, you need to figure out for you, it's your career, it's your life. What mm-hmm. do you want? Mm-hmm. And then you need to align your actions and the people that you surround yourself with are to support that, right? The things you do matter. And, you know, especially being a writer, well, guess what? Then you better be writing a whole lot. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah. I do. And I show up consistently. LinkedIn is, of course, my platform of choice, mm-hmm. but I'm also on other platforms as mm-hmm. well. I'm on, mm-hmm. you know, Twitter and Instagram and all the mm-hmm. everything. And I, and I write for Forbes, but it's it's the idea that you are doing this consistently and you're staying in your wheelhouse, having the discipline to, sh- to publish, to do this, to show up mm. and to make it easy for others to quickly go, gosh, you know, because no one's going to hire you after reading one thing or seeing yeah. one thing. They're going to, yeah. it's going to take a few different hits. So this is the principles of branding, right? It's, it's probably going to take seven different yeah. times, at yeah. least touch yeah. points yeah. for someone to kind of go. Hey, that Amy. Okay, I believe so, it's it's twelve with people and seven it, with products. But oh uh, gosh, okay. See, so exactly. even more so. Yes, exactly. yes. So it's it's really important to be able to do that. And I will tell you though, in the beginning, I did take nearly any writing assignment because I wanted to you know get the experience. I wanted to be paid. I wanted sure, to be able sure. to do that. Um, so I did. But over time, I realized you know if my offering is too scattered and yeah, I'll do anything, then it really diminishes my value and my worth mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if anyone could do it, anyone can do it. It's a commodity. If, mm-hmm. Yeah. If you focus on what you do best, now, yeah, that might mean a pup, some people might drop away, but they're probably not the people who are going to hire you anyway. And I mm-hmm. still will get a few folks who say, oh, would you ghostwrite books, right? Your social media guards, you guys. And I have but I don't do that now, but I refer people out or, oh, are you, you know, do, are you an editor? No. I mean, can I? Sure. But that's not really what I do. So like, I, I refer yeah. the, those people out. So, yeah. you know, I think it takes time, mm. but if you don't show up and start doing it, 
it'll never happen. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. it's really it's 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 hard and it's scary. I'm not gonna lie, sure. you know, sure, but you sure. have to find the courage to show up as who you are because until you do, you won't find your tribe, you won't find that job, people won't be able to find you because if you're pretending to be somebody else. Because you think, oh, that's what works, you know, quote unquote, on social media. It, it won't. You need to be you. You need to show up. And, and, and there's only one you and one set of experience and one sort of unique combination of mm-hmm. experience, skills, mm-hmm. personality. And, and why wouldn't you lead with that? That's yeah. your differentiator. Yeah, I love that. So I want to I want to say a couple of things here. So firstly, thank you for, for giving us such a detailed answer because we're talking to... We're talking to Amy, who's been doing this for 11 years in the sense that, you know, in your own consulting firm, right? And and you're still saying it's scary. It's not that mm-hmm. the scary thing is in the beginning and now you're over it. We, mm-hmm. we have, we all as, as small business owners, entrepreneurs, whatever you want to call it, we do have these moments, right? Where it's like, <laughs> oh, you know, how's it going to look? And is it going to be, mm-hmm. you know, that, that external validation once in a while, it feels nice. Yeah. And, and the other thing you said was uh, very interesting. If, you know, it reminded me of Marie Kondo. Uh, if it doesn't spark joy, can I get yeah. this editing job? I could do it. Can I do a, a budget uh, operational? Yeah. yeah, I can. Do I want to? No. But obviously, you know, you need to be in a place where you can afford to say no to things. But yes. in the beginning, you said yes to everything. It gave you mm-hmm. experience. And mm-hmm. obviously, you know, we've got bills to pay. Let's be practical here. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so that's what you did. And then you talked about the CCD, which I love, the clarity, consistency, mm-hmm. and the discipline. So usually yeah. pe- people have the first two. And the <laughs> discipline is more like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this can wait, you know, yeah, I can do this tomorrow. Yeah. And and lastly, I want to say something which is very interesting because I think, Amy, you and I have this in common. Uh, mm. Due to the nature of your job, right? And obviously, mm. I'm so curious and I'm I'm behaving mm-hmm. so well because I'm dying to know some people you would have written for. I'm, I'm sure they're famous, <laughs> but you will never, ever tell me. Like, you're going to take that, you're taking that to your grave. But right. uh, the thing is, you... You can't get those testimonials. You can't get those recommendations. And in a way, when you're working as a sort of a senior executive, you know, career coach, these are people who are, you know, at the C-suite or just below and they want to move. They want to do something else or they don't like the boss Mm -hmm. or the culture. And I work with them. They're never, ever going to give me a public testimonial. No way. There's Mm -hmm. too much writing there. But what can you do to to get, if you can't get those testimonials, you just continue to show up because you're, um, uh, what do you call it? Top of the mind recall, you know, otherwise Mm -hmm. you're, you're out of sight, you're out of mind. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing. It's the long game again. And I think the other thing that probably you and I both do that happens is while, you know, my social media ghostwriting clients aren't going to write a recommendation and be mm-hmm. outed necessarily. Not no. that there's anything wrong with that, but that mm-hmm. there's a confidentiality thing. Mm-hmm. They're the best ones to refer you to mm-hmm. potential business. So it, there's no downside. I mean, no. yes, you know, there's people want the validation. So it's, it's like you said, there's 12 different points. The, any touch point that you would have, any way you show up in the world, people will take notice and you want to control that narrative, right? That is the one thing that you do have control over. You do, it, you do. Yes. How you are showing up and positioning yourself and talking about what you, not just you, like me, 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 I'm great, mm. how you can help somebody. So this, this especially is important for job seekers mm. because mm. remember, it's not about, oh, this person has all this experience. It's the person that tells the story best of mm. how they can help that company that's going to pique their interest. 
right? Yeah. So, absolutely. and that is well within your control. That will help you get that interview. That might set you apart from other candidates. Yeah. You know, and that sometimes that's all it takes is you just need to get that interview. Yeah. So then exactly. It's always important to position yourself, but I think particularly in 2020, a lot of folks have had to pivot or they've mm. had to just really think about how they are putting themselves out there for a potential employer to, to position themselves for success, right? So it may not just be enough that it's it's LinkedIn is not just an online resume. Maybe you should really use that real estate more strategically into your benefit. So yeah, it's yeah. it's really interesting to see the shift, but it all, again, it's coming back to brain. It's coming back to, you know, who you are and making it easy for somebody, right? Make whoever your intended audience is, whether it's a potential employer, a partner, a client, you know, whatever, you want to make it easy. Take the work away. Don't put it on somebody to have to guess who you are and what you're about. Make it easy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love it. And you know, someone, Amy, who's listening, who's maybe thinking about writing or ghostwriting mm-hmm. as, as a career, any any words of advice to that person? So, I mean, it's it's kind of what my friend told me, you know, if, if you're writing, you're a writer. You, you First, I think the biggest hurdle that I had mm. to get over mm. um, that I think a lot of creative people have to do is is really telling yourself and seeing yourself in that role, mm. you know, that it, it's, it's, you have to, you know, believe until you, and unless and until you believe in yourself, how can you expect anyone else to, you mm. know, um, and especially, you know, something like LinkedIn, where there's I'm not so saying you should do this if, you, if you're not. I want people to be genuine on yeah. LinkedIn, but you know, you can say, "I I am a writer. I'm a you know, I'm a ghoster. I can do this, right?" But you have to start. You have mm-hmm. to tell people that's what you need, and you have to obviously be writing. But you do that, and I like to say you need to sell your destiny, not your history. Because it's really about what you want and what you should be doing. It and sounds then, like a tweetable. You need to sell your destiny, not your history. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, there's your little soundbite. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's true. Think about it. Because no one's in, it's like, yeah, you have this experience and whatever. But it's really, what are you going to do for me? And for you know, somebody, it's really about what you, what you want to do, not what you've done. So if you want to be a ghostwriter then you need to be a ghostwriter. And what is a ghostwriter? They talk about, this is what I do. And this is as a ghostwriter. It need not in theory, but just in practice and start doing that. And again, you need to position yourself then as a ghostwriter. You need to be writing. I would say, my God, any type of writer, you need to write. You need to write a lot. You need to write daily. You need to be honing your skill, right? And you need to demonstrate to others, especially for a ghostwriter, you... you can't, I mean, if you can get a client to tell other people that they're your client, terrific. That probably won't happen. So you're going to have to rely on your own writing acumen and your own ability to help people hear, here's some sample writing. Here's what I do. You know, before you're paid to do it, you need to just do it yourself. Um, publish a lot. In certainly LinkedIn, you're able to do that freely. Um, but there are other places like Medium, Medium. where you can be mm-hmm. publishing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You can do other things. Um if you have friends, if you have, you know, reach out to people that, you know, I'd love to help, you know, with this. It, it really, and, you know, not everyone needs to be a social media ghostwriter. And there's a million different ways to be a ghostwriter, right? I mean, mm. some people are, they write books. Some people write speeches. Some mm. people write, you know, social media like I do. There's a million different ways to do this, but find something that suits you and, and your writing style. Like, for instance, I'm not a technical writer. Right, that's not really my wheelhouse. But some people are, and that's a really 
highly valued skill because not everyone can do it. Hmm. So whatever it is, look at sort of where you are. Um, you know, I think a baseline is you have to be able to write well, have a command of, you know, the language and mm-hmm. grammar and little things mm-hmm. like that. But, you know, what can you draw upon in your experience that will help you differentiate yourself? You know, how can you best help somebody? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing to keep in mind. It's not about you, especially with something like ghostwriting. It's always about somebody else and mm-hmm. how you make it easy for them to communicate what they want to communicate in their voice, the way they would talk. Um, Yeah, yeah. And when you do start ghostwriting, I think I mentioned this to you offline, but I mean, I am a good writer, but I'm a great listener because Mm -hmm. so much of Mm ghostwriting, again, it's not about me. It's about capturing their voice, their cadence, their word choice, what they would say, the things that they don't say. You need to listen between the lines, so to speak, and to make sure you capture that. Okay, that's great. Uh, There's there's a lot of um, uh, emphasis on get started, take action, less thinking, yes. less thinking, more doing and the doing yes. show the doing <laughs> whatever mm-hmm. you're doing, demonstrate it out demonstrate. on social media. Cause you know, you're taken a little bit more seriously because you know, the samples, it's all there. Um, mm-hmm. So fabulous. Um, so Amy, um, I asked this question to all my guests, you know, when you look back on your career, right. Uh, mm-hmm. Can't believe it. It's been, oof, it's been almost three decades, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you think back, um, is there one standout defining moment that supercharged your career and helped you move towards the current success that you enjoy now? I mean, I may have already mentioned several of them, right? You know, the, the, the mm-hmm. kind of the open my eyes moment of Lander with like the world of branding mm-hmm. is one thing. Mm-hmm. And then also seemingly insignificant, but really getting the encouraging nudge kind of like, you're a writer, you need mm-hmm. to write, you need mm-hmm. to do this and you need to be creative, Amy right? Not account, Amy. Um, so I think, you know, it, sometimes it is this small little signs, the mm-hmm. small little things. And it wasn't that it was telling me something I didn't already know. It was just sort of me accepting, giving myself permission to actually acknowledge mm-hmm. what I really wanted and who I was, you know, that little sort of nudge to be like, yeah, you, you need to do that. And I think, you know, we talked earlier about external validation. And while mm-hmm. that's not why I do what I do, I will mm. tell you some mm. of the most meaningful things that keep me on track and remind me that I am on the right path and this is what I was meant to do was when I hear from somebody, and it's usually privately, I mean, sometimes mm. publicly mm. in a comment, but privately that what you wrote mattered to me. It touched mm. me in some way. It helped me make a positive change myself. It helped me take action. And, you know, so I was able to do what I want to do, which is inspire transformation. So mm. those little things And, you know, I mean, obviously I'm a writer. Words matter to me. I believe they have tremendous power for good and sometimes for bad. I choose to use them for good. Mm -hmm. But when somebody, when I hear from somebody that, gosh, Amy, that article, that update, whatever piece of content, and they let me know that 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 made me, that made a difference, a Mm -hmm. positive difference. Those types of things are what really keep me going and Mm -hmm. and make Mm -hmm. me just feel so grateful. and happy and fulfilled and, and that is um, such a high that is such a mm-hmm. high that you can't um, experience yeah. in any other way I mean that's the no. best feeling when because it makes it all worthwhile doesn't it yes. the fear and the, the you know what's going on and this is a strange year it's a happy year whatever it is but mm-hmm. you get those type of messages in your inbox you can't tell anyone because it's private but then <laughs> that's all you need to know that's, that's all yeah. you need to know yeah, yeah I love that fabulous so Amy how can people learn more about you 
Well, um, we talked a lot about LinkedIn. I'm certainly on LinkedIn. You can check out my profile there and all of my content. I share it there. Um, you can visit my website, which mm-hmm. is amyblashka.com. And I'm sure in your show notes, you'll have yeah. my name spelled out, which because exactly. there's a lot of consonants in Blashka. I got it. Yes. And I'm also on Twitter. You can find me there. I'm on Instagram at Amy Blashka. And then you can also go to Forbes.com. You can follow me. I write under leadership and careers. And I cover you know personal transformation and its impact on career growth. I write a lot about emotional intelligence, soft skills, how you move through the world, how to how to kind of do things better and feel better about it too. Love that. I, I've read some of it and it's amazing. I mean, I've actually read quite a bit of it and, and it's definitely worth checking out. So I'll, I'll put that all in the show notes. Amy, this has been so much fun. Thank you so, so much for being with us today. Yes. Thank you so much for having us and all. It was just a delight, a fun conversation as always. So thank you. I appreciate it. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed listening to the show. And if you did, I'd love for you to do one little thing. Go to Apple Podcasts. So that's podcast.apple.com and leave me a review. This really, really helps the discoverability of the show and can help inspire job seekers out there to find jobs and take care of their families. Can you think of anything more important right now? Hmm? I didn't think so. So thank you so much for listening. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Connect with me on LinkedIn. I'd love to get to know you and what you liked about the show. And, And perhaps if you have ideas, feel free to reach out. So take care of yourself. And until next time, bye for now. Thank you.